So I want to talk to you the next uh, three weeks, including this, on five attributes of a healthy church. At this time of the year, we think about health, don't we? Where the scales are the enemy. Now, the young people will not know what I'm talking about here because you don't have weight problems. But you get the wrong side of 50 and this becomes relevant. Uh, A health check. Um, Jesus gave a health check to seven churches in Asia. You read about it in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and chapter 3, where he looked at these seven individual churches, um, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, and Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And the Lord looked at these churches and he commended them for what they were doing right and he corrected them on things that weren't so right and he promised them that if they would obey his correction, he would reward them tremendously. So the Lord looks at churches and uh, we're living in a very individualistic age, aren't we, at the moment? It's just me and mine. But God looks at, at the, the collective body of believers uh, from time to time. There is a verse in the Old Testament, a couple of verses that have challenged me for many years. And although the original context was for the farming community to look after their flocks and their herds that they were caring for because you never know what diseases or whatever may happen to them. This is what the scripture says in in Proverbs 27. Uh, Be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations." And then there's another picture in the book of Proverbs of a lazy man. And this is what it says about him. He said, I went past the field of the lazy man. The old Bible says the sluggard. It's a bit of a strange word, isn't it? Past the vineyard of a man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Just neglecting We are told in the Bible not to neglect the right things. Because things don't last forever. Things don't last forever. I remember going to a church many years ago. 
uh, I'll not tell you which one was, it was one of our Elib churches. It was fabulous. Packed to the capacity, crowds of young folk, life and vitality. And uh, I had a great time. I, th- I thought it was marvelous. And then <clears throat> 20 years later, they invited me back. They don't rush these things. <laughs> the young people had gone the spirit was missing and I had a strange experience that I, I don't have very often or, or I just did not know what God was going to say to them <laughs> but it seemed that riches hadn't lasted forever so we got to guard what's good we know what's not so good. Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. And then he said to Timothy, that young pastor, he said, Timothy, God what has been entrusted to your care. He also said, What you have heard from me, Timothy, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the Holy Spirit who lives in us. (laughs) And the writer to the Hebrews, he said, he said, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Make sure you don't have a bitter root. So I want to talk to you these next couple of weeks on five attributes of a healthy church. Now you might think of five more, but I want to talk to you about worship, Fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. And I hope that we shall all get a vision to raise our game, to see God's power at work in a more powerful way than ever we've seen it before. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to see hundreds of people get saved in 2022? Hallelujah. Brought into the kingdom of God. How many of you see the resurgence of the miracle power of God? I was just talking to our brother David before the service about divine healing, of believing God to touch people's physical bodies. Hallelujah. And to see a move of the Holy Spirit in these days. As the days get darker, the psalmist used it as a prayer. The darkness of... Don't be... Fooled by this, brothers and sisters. It's a dark day we're living in. I know all preachers have been saying it for centuries. But it's a dark day we're living in. And the psalmist said, Lord, it's time for you to work. Because they have made void thy law. God, when it's dark outside, we need to be shining bright inside. And shine outside. Worship. A sign of a healthy church is worship. Wherever you get a glimpse into heaven, you will find worship. 
Isaiah had an amazing experience with God. He said in chapter 6, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. High and lifted up, the train of his robe filled the temple, and uh, above it stood the, the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his feet, and with two he covered his face, and with two he flew. And they were crying one to the other as they flew. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then John on the Isle of Patmos when he was imprisoned there for the word of God. He had visions of heaven. And this he said, I looked, I saw a voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Then he goes on to say, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and such as are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. What a wonderful atmosphere heaven is like. It's an atmosphere of worship. Now, in the Old Testament, the Lord inaugurated uh, a tabernacle. It was like a big tent with a a fence around and everything. And it was a pattern of a heavenly reality. Um, And it was to show the ancient people how God was to be approached and how God was to be worshipped. That God was telling them, this is how you come to me, this is how you approach me, and this is how you worship me. And it was a it was a pattern. Now, my wife is a, a sewer. She makes dresses. She once made a suit for me. She didn't make this one. This was from uh, a proper tailor's. <laughs> <laughs> well, this suit she made me nearly caused a divorce, didn't it? <laughs> she she fished <laughs> the frustrations. <laughs> now, why am I telling you this story? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stick to your notes, David. (laughs) Stop ad-libbing. A pattern. (laughs) Reminds me. Reminds me of an Elim pastor that lived near where we lived in the north. And he he had a a, a senior moment when he was younger. And... uh, And... uh, And he said, and the Lord said, of course he had a senior moment, couldn't think. And the Lord said, and his wife was sitting on the front seat, he said, what did the Lord say, Mary? (laughs) (laughs) A pattern. A pattern is a piece of tissue paper that you get and it cuts out. Um, it shows you what the proper garment would look like. And so you put the pattern down, you put your material on top, and you cut round it, and, uh, but you don't dress yourself in the pattern. You dress yourself in the, the real garment. And the, and the tabernacle was a pattern. God was showing the people of a heavenly reality. 
and there was a, a way to worship. God is particular about how he is worshipped. And there was a, a really dramatic incident that happened at that time. Uh, I'll read it for you. Aaron's sons, Nabab and Abayu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire. In the old Bible, it says strange fire, different than he had commanded. So the fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up and they died before the Lord. Now that does seem very harsh, doesn't it? That God would do that. Uh, but it was, it was a, an example, a pattern, that God wants to be worshipped in the proper way. I've told you before about that enthusiastic lady uh, in, uh, when we were in the Midlands. She was a pastor's dream. She was the most enthusiastic. She had her hands raised in the air when there was a, a, a good goy song. She would be dancing and whizzing round. I can see her now. Whizzing round. She always sat over here. And uh, I thought, what a, you know, it's a great encouragement um, in those days. And anyway, she was missing for a while. A couple of weeks. I went round to see her after three weeks. I said, we haven't seen you. In she said, I'm not coming to church anymore. <laughs> She said, I can get the same feeling from a pop concert. <laughs> yeah, she did. All the time, she had her hands in the air. All the time, she was dancing around in the presence of the worshipping congregation. It was just the music. It wasn't the presence of the Lord that was motivating that particular person. So, worshipping people, what are they like? Worshipping people have a knowledge of God. When we know him, we will worship him. <clears throat> and that's why I like some of the old hymns that go on up to me. I like I'm a dinosaur wanting hymns. But they tell you something. Think of this one. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? Died he for me, who caused his pain for me, who him to death pursued? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I think when I hear that, I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying for me. I bless you and I worship you. It says, he left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. It's telling you something. It's telling you what Christ has done for us. Now, I, I like some of the, where's Andy? I like some of the modern songs, Andy, but, <coughs> and they're but the me, me songs, I don't like them. I like the ones that glorify, and I had standing for that one this morning, and where we glorify the Lord, hallelujah, where he is worshipped and he is praised. Worship depends on our knowledge of God. When we know him, praise God, we worship him. He has forgiven us our sins. He has cleansed us from our unrighteousness. This is an old song. 
Um, I saw one hanging on a tree in agony and blood. He fixed his languid eyes on me as near his cross I stood. Oh, can it be upon the tree the Saviour died for me? My heart is filled, my soul is thrilled to think he died for me. And when I hear that, I want to worship him. When I know who he is and I know what he's done, I want to worship him. Praise God, the Bible says about us, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. He has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. <laughs> I don't know about you, brothers, but I just want to worship him when I understand what he's done for me. Secondly, worshipping people love the Lord. Um, love is a response. And love is quantifiable. Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who has loved me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him. <clears throat> Worshipping people are also sacrificially giving people. When God called Abram to sacrifice his son Isaac, now we all know now that it was a test. But Abram didn't know it was a test. He was, God had promised him a son. Abram was 100 years old, Sarah, a blushing bride of 90 years of, of age. And they had a child. And now this child that God had said, look at the stars, Abraham. Your children are going to be as numerous as them. Go Look at the sand on the seashore. That's going to be like your children. And in Isaac, Isaac, your seed will be called. And now God is saying, sacrifice Isaac. So he goes up the lonely mountain of Moriah, one of the mountains in Moriah. He has the, he has the fire and he has the wood and he has a knife. And, 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 and Isaac turns to him and he says, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the, the lamb for a burnt offering? And, and Abram said, The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Isaac voluntarily submitted to the will of his father and lying on the altar as Abraham is raising the knife to plunge it into the heart of his son. The book of Hebrews tells us <clears throat> he was expecting to kill him and he was expecting God to raise him up again. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. That's how strong Abraham's faith was. He said, I, I'm going to be obedient. And at that moment, God said, Abraham, Abraham, don't touch the lad. Don't do him any harm. For now I know that you fear God. What Abraham had said to the young men that had come with him, he said, we're going up this mountain. I and the lad will go yonder and worship. That's what he called it, worship. Sacrificial worship. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul said, didn't he, the Son of God who loved me, loved me and gave himself for me. <clears throat> Another um, attribute of a healthy church, and I would like to feel in our church here in Plymouth, the Plymouth Christian Centre, <clears throat> 
an atmosphere of worship, of glory, where we're focused on the one who paid it all for us. Another attribute of a healthy church is fellowship. Belonging to a family. We must grow larger. And we said earlier, we would love to see lots and lots of people finding Jesus in this coming year. It could be a year of great evangelism and great expansion. But we also need to be smaller as well as larger. Smaller groups where you get on. You cannot relate to hundreds of people, but you can relate to a few people. And God wants his children to get on together. Is that not right? Kids that squabble. We thought that we had finished with children, but we seem to have inherited grandchildren in abundance. And they do not always get on together. I heard of one family were driving along in the car and the kids in the back said, Mum, he's breathing my air. Children not getting on together. Much nicer when kids do get on together, isn't it? How many of you know God likes his kids to get on together? And if we have some sort of um, disagreement, let's sort it out. Someone bought my grandson, Charlie, a T-shirt for Christmas. I think I'll, if I can quote it correctly... He say, it says on the front, I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining how I'm right. <laughs> Fellowship. The Bible says about the first disciples, he says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone who had need. Every day they continued meeting together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. (laughs) What a wonderful fellowship they had together, both in the temple courts and in smaller groups. And in our church here, we have smaller groups. We have community groups, alpha groups, activity groups, um, outreach groups, soup runs, interest groups, AA groups, youth groups, prayer groups, love thy neighbor groups, (laughs) and uh, children's groups, ministry groups, all this kind of thing. Try to get involved in one of them, says in the the book of Malachi, then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. The Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought on his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as I, as a father spareth his own son that serveth him. So be in a smaller group. <clears throat> 
Um, each of these groups must fulfil, of course, the, the, the overall vision of, of, of the, 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 the church. <clears throat> Some ingredients of a healthy group, I think, are openness and acceptance, where you feel that you are accepted, where you can honest, be honest about your triumphs and honest about your struggles, and nobody's going to just condemn you. Maybe it's comfort eating that's a problem or drinking. Some people are, uh, have problems with pornography or perfectionism or criticism or negativity. To be in a group where these can be prayed over and accepted and praise God we can spare one another on. So a good group is an open where you're open and accepted. Secondly, a good group, I think, is where you are encouraged. It's an encouragement. Um, it says in, in the book of Acts about the Apostle Paul, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area speaking many words of encouragement to the people and finally arrived in Greece. <clears throat> One of my favorite pictures in the New Testament is of when Paul was, ship, was in the storm. The, the, the vessel was eventually shipwrecked, but he was in a storm. They hadn't seen the sun for 14 days, and uh, the, the, the sailors were despairing. And then an angel of God stands with Paul, and he stands on the deck and history tells us that he, he, was a, he was a little guy with bandy legs, a bald head, and, and not very attractive. But he stood there. He stood there. He said, I want you to say, he said, um, sirs, he said, be of good cheer. For last night, an angel stood with me. And he said, none of you is going to be lost. You're not going to lose your lives on this ship. He said, now, sirs, I believe God. <laughs> we like people that believe. We like people who are encouraging people. Be an encourager. One guy turned up at the, at the, at the, with the apostles, and his name was Joseph. And he was such a great guy, this fellow. He was such a blessing to them. They said, Joseph... We're going to change your name. We're going to change your name to Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. And we have a lot of people in this church who are just like that. The son of encouragement. Oh, praise God. We all need a bit of encouraging from time to time, don't we? Sparing on, moving us forward. Come on, let's go for the Lord. And in our small groups... <clears throat> Be an encouragement. Be a stimulator. Hebrews says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Never lose sight of the future. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the angel beckoned me from heaven's open door. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And we can encourage one another with these words. 
Small groups, then, should be places of honesty and encouragement, also support. It's great when um, the body looks after itself. And we are so blessed with people in our congregation here that look out for one another. And it's not just left to the pastor, you know. <clears throat> Told you before about that, that picture that John Bunt gave me many, many years ago. It's a picture of a, of, a, of a big rowing boat and it shows the minister with his round collar on and all the congregation are sat in the boat and the pastor is rowing and he's sweating and he's not going very far and, and the congregation are just sat there. And the second picture is of the same boat but Every member of the boat has an oar. And the pastor is guiding and directing. And that boat is flying. <laughs> when people are moving on together, supporting each other, helping each other, and blessing each other. <clears throat> In small groups, we are, we, there is a confidentiality. And we must be a welcoming group. <clears throat> to welcome people. Don't get into the club mentality, a little click, you know, that, that famous prayer, Lord, bless me and my wife, our John and his wife, us four and no more, amen. <laughs> but everyone feels that they belong. Everyone feels that they're in the family of God. Fellowship is a great thing. Amen. I've just about finished. And I would like to just close with this. It may be that maybe some watching online or here in the main building, and you don't yet feel part of the family of God. and You're not sure whether you're in the family of God or not. Not just the member of this particular church, but God's universal family. You're not sure whether you have come to the cross and laid down your burden of guilt and sin at the foot of that cross and, and, and received his forgiveness and his smile and his pardon and been welcomed into the family of God. You can do so. <laughs> this very moment, you can be part of the family of God. Healthy signs are a worshipping people and a fellowship of God's family. And I would like to lead you this morning in a prayer. If that's um, you in church this morning or watching online, I will pray, you can pray it after me, that you can become part of the family of God. Shall we pray together? <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> You might like to say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I realize that there are things I have done I should never have done. And things I omitted to do that I should have done. I'm sorry for this, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me. 
I thank you that Jesus Christ took my sins upon himself upon the cross. And I believe he died for me. And I thank you, Lord, that you have heard my prayer and welcomed me into your family. Amen. Amen. Now, if that was you, either on the TV or in church, tell somebody about it. Tell us about it. Connect corner you can go to or write in. Tell us about it. And we will give you a booklet that will help you along your way. <clears throat> Amen.